everybody, Mark, Lily, and Eric here. It's Wild Wild Will. We're going through all the Will Smith podcast or movies podcast. Going through all the Will Smith podcast. I mean, fuck. Uh, this one we got I Robot. I Robot. Post 9 11 movie. Okay, this is not our first post 9 11 movie. Well, I feel like you have to mention it. You know? I. How's everybody feeling? Good? We're all good after this? I need to bring up something. Ooh. On her last podcast, we had mentioned, or I think Lily might have mentioned, that she felt like, sorry, I'm, I'm eating. I shouldn't be eating. <laughs> what, are you, what are you eating? Oh, maybe eating's the wrong word. I'm uh, sucking on a candy. I'm sucking on a big Ew. dick. <laughs> I'm performing cunnilingus right now. (laughs) The incorrect word. (laughs) This is a great podcast or an OnlyFans account. Eating a big old butt right now. holy shit what candy you got <laughs> um okay so that's another lie it's not a piece of candy it was uh i it was- guess it's gonna be <laughs> it's <an edible. laughs> like a, a witch hazel ankle <laughs> remedy <laughs> ankle bracelet uh, ankle <laughs> remedy it's like I, oh, my liver's been hurting so this guy with a beard gave me a wood chip to suck on mark's pretty much right it was like a honey vitamin c thing <laughs> Why? You know, you suck on one of those, you get your vitamin D like dose of vitamin C. <laughs> Never have to eat an orange ever again. Yeah. Um, so on our last podcast, Lily had mentioned that she felt like we have been doing Wild Wild Will, and it felt like we weren't really focusing on Will Smith that much. And not saying like, oh, she wasn't railing us to be like, guys, we got to She was just like, it feels like we just don't even talk about him. And we kind of... Uh, assumed he was like the steady that maybe you don't have to dissect him because he's just like always good or blah blah what i want to say is i did listen to the bad boys 2 podcast back and we did talk about him a lot it was funny we talked about him at the front of the episode and we kind of like dissected like how good he was and mark was mentioning like the men in black 2 thing and the ali thing and how he's like very zoned in we spent time talking about him and then later in the episode lily you were the one who was like man it just feels like we don't talk about him so we talked about him again and i was trying to pinpoint why we're having this problem and i'm gonna throw out a couple theories okay actually just one theory okay that's not a couple <laughs> because i noticed we are talking about him but it feels like we're not talking about him a lot my theory is when we did the Tom Cruise uh, podcast, what was that called again? <laughs> night cruising. Night cruising. You can get on the Patreon. But when we did the night cruising podcast, not only were we talking about Tom Cruise in the movie, but there was always drama with him outside of the movie. It was mm. like Scientology or it was Nicole Kidman and their relationship and this going the on. The Oprah couch thing. And- the Oprah thing. So not only were we talking about him in the movie and what the movie was about. We were also talking about what was happening in his life at the time. And so far, I mean, I'm not digging into like deep into the research, but it's like so far he doesn't have like a dramatic family life in like from now to I think it's coming up. Yeah, he does like he. Yeah, he does. It's coming. 
It's like, you know, I mean, whatever. He got like divorced at one point, but he's like yeah. with Jada Pinkett Smith. But like as of 2004, that's like a power couple. Like that yeah. is like a family people like to see. He's done music videos with his kids. But we are about to start getting into the, I was going to bring it up in this podcast about how we're about to start getting into that territory where he gives a little too much of a shit about his kids and starts trying to push his kids down our throats. And I feel like it's, uh, part of his downfall wasn't Jada fucking <laughs> uh, one of her kids' friends. That's can we get into that too? That's later allegedly. On. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's no allegedly. She said it. <laughs> yeah, allegedly, I mean, he was like a grown adult, <laughs> pizza gate thing or something. But yeah, like I, I guess think, I said that right. Pretty wrong. <laughs> I think some more of that outside drama starts coming in like the next few years. But I think and I think that will be very interesting because I think we're going to end up seeing, you know, everything that leads up to his first Oscar win where he's had to be perfect. Yeah. And in 2004, we're still in like that perfect Will Smith. Like, yeah, he's handsome. He's charming. He's got like a really great family unit. He's making just banger after banger. His music's good. It's clean. Where mm-hmm. it's just like he had to be perfect to be a star. And yeah. then we're going to watch that finally like crack the fuck away. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I want to see that biopic. But um, who would play Will Smith? Will Smith? Uh, Obama. Oh, yeah. Um, do it. But yes, Will I, Smith I, should play Will Smith. That actually- he does, doesn't he? In Gemini Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he does he plays uh, he's Gemini. already done it um which i can't wait for that movie but yeah so not and not that i care about like the dramatics like i'm gonna look forward to w- what lily digs up based on that like what's going on in his outside life but that was my theory too where i'm like oh yeah we don't spend like you know 15 20 minutes with tom it's spe- we'd spend like 15 minutes talking about like here this is the crazy thing that was going on oh by the way we're going to review legend or this is the crazy thing that was going on by the way this is jerry Maguire. so it's like maybe we talked about his outside of the movie life a little bit more i just like wonder if like will had a really good really good like pr team or if his life was just that squeaky clean because like it's like hard to even like find art. Like you type in Tom Cruise and you pick any year and you're getting like a million articles about what's going on in his life that year. And, you know, insane tabloid shit. Will Smith. It is like crickets on the internet for some of those years. And like, to me, it's just like, I wonder if he was just like better at keeping his shit private or if there wasn't shit, you know what I mean? It's just very interesting. Yeah. So that was my theory. That's what I wanted to present. But I feel like we are we are talking about Will and his acting. All right. I robot. I robot the Will Smith movie special effects nominated. Yeah. In the 77th Academy Awards lost to Spider-Man 2. Our boy Toby. Recently rewatched Spider-Man 2 and the graphics are lit right the graphics in this movie are the worst thing i've ever seen oh my god oh, i've seen good? worse they're like unfinished okay. all right then uh, can i have my other side tangent i'm gonna get yeah. on my soapbox. already well can i just say one thing about the graphics 
Yeah. Remember when that X-Men movie with the shitty Deadpool was released? No. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. It was it was, it was a Wolverine Origins. X-Men Deadpool movie. wasn't it, but he wasn't yeah. the funny Deadpool yet. Yeah. And that movie was leaked so that they so they came out with it early. Right. Yeah. With unfinished special effects. That's how this looked. This looked like the special effects were unfinished. I can't believe I'm going to do this on the podcast. I'm going to TV shame you too. Oh, yes. I don't think the effects are bad. I think the effects were fucking incredible in this. And I think you guys need a new TV. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay. Like, I think Eric's making some points here. We are rocking like a 32 inch Emerson. August 5th. Mark's birthday. Let's make it happen, Eric. Yeah, I'm down. Honestly, I am. Maybe if people would sign up for the Patreon, we could get some big ass going to kill our fucking retinas TV, Eric. Yes. No. So for the Patreon, let's get market. I don't want any (laughs) funds. Let's get market Lily new tea because when I watch this, it's like HBO Max streams at 4K now. And since I have a 4K TV, the details like incredible and it only like heightens or like um what's the word I'm trying to say magnifies like how cool the effects are and how cutting edge it was for 2004. And there was this sinking feeling. I'm like, I bet Mark and Leonard are fucking dog on these graphics. Oh, I, I am. Think. Honestly, like, I, I think feel like I just TV. nothing the graphics. <laughs> and to me, that's some of the best shit when you just like nothing something yeah. like I didn't know that the graphics were bad, but I also wasn't sitting there being like, holy shit. These graphics are amazing because sometimes that pulls you out. Like to me, it was all this fine. All right. I'll get into the plot so we can get into the stupid movie. But this <laughs> is the movie that Eric, another Will Smith movie that Eric and I saw in Spain. We saw this in Spain. Summering in Spain. So much Will Smith in Spain. He was the blockbuster. We were always there in the summer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This was a July 16th release date. So this was mm. and it got pushed. It was supposed to be like a July 4th weekend, like July 5th. But Spider-Man 2 came out mm. that weekend. So they bumped it so it wouldn't uh, clash. Mm. All right. Should I try to go through what this movie's about? I feel like this is like one of the easier plots. It's about ro- robots. It's 2035. Only that? No. Right? Yeah, really? 2035. That's so soon. There's... Fuck. There's uh, very intelligent helper robots that help out with society and they just kind of do everything. They're like everything from garbage people to are they police officers? I don't know. Like it's, it was something like one out of five households is going to get a robot, right? They're, they're the company that makes the robots. They're trying to release new robots like it, it's like the new iPhone launch, right? Here's the new version of the robot. And they're saying by that point, one in one there'll be one robot for every five humans like that. So it's like almost like smartphones at this point in the movie, how, how many robots in there. And they're kind of like uh humanoid Android type type things. They look like, you know, it's not R2D2. It's more of a C3PO than an R2D2. Um, and you have detective. What's it? Well, man, I forgot detective Chucky detective Spoony Spooner. What's his name? Will Smith? Yeah. Spooner. Spooner, right? Yeah, Detective Spooner, who's uh, Will Smith, and he is basically just prejudiced against robots. Does not like... Are you going to say robots this whole time? Probably not. He he does not like the robots, and all of these robots, they're based off of um, 
like the what's his uh, Isaac Asimov's like, yeah three rules of robotics, which have like basically if you're making a robot story, this writer from I don't know, I think he was born in the 20s, like this writer from the 30s, 40s, 50s, he made these three basic rules of robots for for every story that every robot is based off of. Yeah, and I pulled them up here. It's a robot may not injure a human. Or through inaction, allow a human being to be harmed. A robot, a second rule would be a robot must obey orders given by a human being, except uh, orders that would conflict with the first law. And then the third rule is basically uh, a robot has to preserve themselves, can't, can't hurt themselves as long as it's not conflicting with the first and second law. And those are the three laws of robotics. And pretty much every story about robots is like, these robots are going to break those rules or bend those laws or find a way around them. Right. That's pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's like truly genius because the whole premise of any work is either you follow the rules or you break them. So for this person to like be the person who created the rules for AI is like so dope. It's yeah, it's it's weird that it's so close to us. Like like he made this in like the 40s, 50s when he was writing this shit. Where it's like, because there's rules to all like monsters, right? Mm-hmm. Like werewolves, it's like the silver bullet and the full moon and, you mm-hmm. know, and then what's a good, like uh, Dracula and vampires. Like vampires have to be invited in. Yeah. yeah. And this is the dude that kind of like made that shit for, for robots. So that has to stop. the movie actually like starts off just showing us those rules and they're brought up a bunch of times. Um well, there's a big corporation. It's kind of like Apple that makes all the robots. And um, one of the scientists commits suicide, <gasps> but has like a note left for Dr. Sp- Dr. No, Officer Spooner, Detective Spooner, Will Smith. And the note is basically kind of like it's, it's a hologram and it's kind of like, uh, did I kill myself? Wink, wink. Oh, maybe you should do some of your detective work. And Will Smith goes in there into this big corporation to do his detective work. And he feels that uh, this guy was pushed. He didn't jump off this building. He was pushed, but what pushed him. And in the room, they find a robot, Sonny. And he's one of like the new models. And Sonny um, does like a bunch of cartwheels or some shit and fucking escapes. And then the whole thing is like, we got to find Sonny, the robot, the murder robot that wrote that robot killed this doctor, even though we have these three laws and Will Smith's characters like prejudice against robots or some shit. Um, they, there's like a mainframe, like, like robot hive mind named Vicky. That is like, you know, if you, it's like the, uh, if you've like got, space, if you've got honestly. an iPhone, It'd be be the iOS, you know, it'd be the operating system that controls all the iPhones type of thing. That's that's Vixter there. And they're looking for Sonny. And as they are um, coming out with these new version of the robots, you know, uh, the iPhone 10 of the robots or whatever the hell. um, uh, Will Smith's character is like kind of the guy going like, they're coming after me. They're trying to kill us. And everybody's like, you're dumb. You're an idiot and a liar. You racist, you robot racist. Turns out he's right. They are trying to kill him. And who programmed to do this? Vicky. Vicky did because she said Vicky's the mainframe iOS like robot hive mind. The reason that she wants to kill the humans or at least like enslave us is because we're bad for ourselves. We're doing global warming. Mm. There's war and stuff. So Mm. her thinking is, oh, these three laws of robotics. I have to make sure humans don't get hurt. 
I got to stop them from hurting themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's why she has all the robots turn against us. So Will Smith was right. The three laws are flawed. And then they they kill Vicky and mm. the end. And Sonny, the robot, did end up pushing the 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 doctor. He ended up killing that doctor, but it's because the doctor he wanted it, you know, he wanted it to make a point type of thing. Mm-hmm. And Sonny grew a consciousness. Oh, yeah, sure. I thought that's like kind of important. He grew a consciousness. Didn't he always have it? No, but like he grew like a true, like human robot yeah like a true comparable consciousness he also had supernatural powers he was able to have like premonitions of the future and he drew it okay that was i feel like that wasn't a premonition he just knew all the robots were stored there oh i always interpret that as premonition even when we saw it back in 2004 in spain i'm like whoa he saw that happening that's why i think that's like the idea where he saw it happening but like i just assume that the doctor put it in his head lily do you know what this movie was called in spain i robot yo roboto (laughs) yo robot (laughs) (laughs) was it really yes yo like why oh yo robot there's That's no other everything. like word for robot in Spanish. I don't know. Yo, Robato. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, be- robot. Yo, robot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, no, that's very really catchy. Okay. All right, do I put do I put all my chess pieces out for you guys to see? Let's, let's take see them, your titties, take Eric. Titties out, <laughs> dude. It's, it's hot over here. Um, <laughs> I didn't think this movie was all that bad. That's all I'm gonna say. And I, I feel like there's some interesting stuff going on. Can I fuck with you, Eric? Hit me. I fucking agree. Like, thank you. I don't oh. think this movie is all that bad. I don't think it's like. I don't like I don't think it's all that great. Like, I think the back right. half kind of like gets a little dull. Yeah. But like, yeah. I think it's got really great themes. Um. It's like entertaining enough. Like, I think I'd watch this over some of the other movies we've oh, watched. This might have been our worst watch. Oh, really? Wait, like, I really? feel like I would watch this over like a bunch of the other ones. And honestly, like I was like kind of looking at it. And it's almost like this movie was like 10 years too soon or like 10 years too late. Because if you look at it around that same time, there were not like a lot of AI movies. What in 2004? No, if you look at a lot of the big AI movies, they came out either in the 90s, like early 90s, or towards like the 2010s. We're smack dab in the middle of what the Matrix, okay? So just the Matrix, but that doesn't this is that's not only AI, this is AI specifically. Like, this is like an ex machina, like maybe like a Robocop. Wait, it is AI in the Matrix, the whole thing is AI. That's so the movie AI came out in 2001, I believe. I would Spielberg movie. I was was just saying, I feel like this movie definitely pulls from classic AI movies, but I feel like it also ends up inspiring a lot of because, like, I feel like right now. Every sort of horror movie is like an AI movie. And I feel like they pull a lot of the same themes. I, I feel like this movie, it was like it read to and this is with no research. It read to me as a 
a reaction to the matrix to make a PG 13 ish matrix that more people would be able to go to. Cause the matrix was intense cause it was rated R and shit. Um, and it read to me like it was like, nobody cared about it. You know how like some movies I did really well. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about, I don't know. I know it did well, but I'm just thinking, all right. So like, um, I, I'm just thinking about this because I just listened to a podcast about, uh, is it John Carpenter's the thing mm. like you could tell there was people that like, really gave a shit about that movie from like, I don't know, making the like weird, bizarre monsters and that just like, you know, John Carpenter and stuff and like how people like they actually filmed it like in Alaska in the cold and stuff. This just seemed like it was like a reaction to something. They're like, we just got to make this type of movie because it's not truly based off of anything other than what's his face. Um, Isaac Asimov's stories. It's not like it's about this certain Isaac Asimov story that we love. It was just like generally about his work. Okay. So it's just like, I don't know, just read as like a watered down PG 13 matrix. I definitely don't feel like it was a reaction to the matrix because to me, this is like very much about AI and how we're like letting this type of technology so deeply into our home and becoming too reliant on it and too reliant on like, logic so to me this reads as a much different vibe than the matrix and i mean honestly mark most ai time in it what it bullet time in it i feel like um most ai stories are based off those laws though like no i got you but if it was like somebody was like you have like a producer or something and they're like i I don't know isaac asimov shit but they're like this one story that of that he has i want to make this story but instead the movie was more just generally inspired by all of his shit the concepts of his shit and that to me is just like uh, i don't know it's does it like so you're inspired by just everything, just generally general, the idea of robots that this, I mean, but that's how you write like the very first vampire story. Cause you're generally inspired by the folklore of various vampire tales. Right. You guys, you guys are setting me up for my notes already because us, Mark, Mark evoked the matrix and I'm about to blow your minds <laughs> because this Damn. is snake eating the tail, eating the tail, eating the snake. You know what I'm saying? Um, Not really. <laughs> to give some context to this, this film was directed by Alex Proyas. And if you don't know who he is, in 1994, Alex Proyas directed The Crow with our boy Brandon oh, Lee. Fucking killed him on set. He did not kill him. It was not allegedly. (laughs) Not even allegedly. It was definitely not him. It was unfortunately an actor. It was Mel Gibson. Not Mel Gibson. Alan Baldwin. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Anyways, I would get beyond that, but it was not Alex (laughs) Proyas. He directed The Crow in 1994, and then in 1998. Alex Proyas directed Dark City, the most bomb-ass sci-fi movie ever. Go fucking watch it. It will change your life. It will change how you walk. Um, And then 1999 is The Matrix. The Matrix is completely influenced by Alex Proyas. 
Dark City as well as The Crow. I know it really doesn't make sense to say Dark City because that came out in 1998 and Matrix 99, but the vibes that that dude was putting out were taken by the Wachowskis and they went ahead and were very, very inspired by that to make The Matrix. Aren't there like some pretty similar scenes? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, Dark City is about kind of like the guy trying to find himself in this like weird sci-fi paranoia, whatever. And it, there's very similar scenes, but more so it's very similar styles, how it's shot, the aesthetic. If you watch Dark City, like frame by frame, it's a fucking painting. Also, if you don't know Roger Ebert, like I guess his favorite movie ever was Dark City. And wow. he would teach this class where it was a week long class at some university. And they would go through Dark City every day, frame by frame, and just talk about like, this is what this shot means and literally frame by frame. So they would do like eight hour days and then restart the next day and just until they got through the entire movie. Um, but this guy was super influential. He's the guy who kind of brought like leather to the forefront, that goth style, again, the crow dark city and stuff like that, which then turned and fed into the matrix movies. Right. Then we get mm-hmm. the matrix movies. Now you get iRobot directed by Alex Proyas, which you're right. Is that a reaction to the matrix where it's doing the bullet time it's doing the slowed down things it's doing things that the wachowskis were like very innovative for but here's the clincher now the wachowskis are doing more things that feel more like irobot where they're not as precise with their camera movements they're a little bit more lax or using color more even in the matrix resurrections or speed race or jupiter ascending or any of those films they did after i'm like are they now looking to iRobot and kind of like riffing on that? It's like all these filmmakers are just like, yeah, like the snake eating itself. So that's why I find very interesting that you evoke the Matrix because maybe also, it is. Isn't this 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 director's last studio movie? No, well, kind of. So he would go on to do Knowing with Nick Cage, which was like a huge theatrical release, but I wouldn't say it was as much as this movie. This was what one hundred and twenty million dollars. Knowing's a little bit like, I would say probably like $50 million movie. And then he would go on to do Gods of Egypt, which was that big 3D sci-fi crazy movie that came out a few years ago, Gerard Butler. I don't know if you guys have any recollection of that. No. That was like a 3D IMAX, like huge movie. But apparently that was all independently financed, but it was on 3000 screens. Like it was like a big release. Um, Well, I just like that he hated working for large studios and like was going to do like a tell all and they're like, don't do it. You'll never work again, but he didn't do it. But then he just never worked with like a major studio again. Yeah. So basically I, I watched an interview from this year or last year where he talked about iRobot and how it soured him. And it was the same shit you always hear. It's like, he's hired because he's the guy who made dark city and the crow he's hired because he's an auteur and they're like, we want your vision. And then he's trying to execute his vision. And then they're saying, no, we don't like that. Do it this way. No, we want this instead. And he said he was very, very close to walking off this movie. And you know, what saved him to bring it all around. Will Smith. He said, if it wasn't for Will Smith and how, awesome he was on set how kind how hardworking, how much he like tried to protect him because will smith's an executive producer on this film mm. alex proyas would have walked off he would have been like i'm not doing this i'm done and will smith was like the one who's just like stick with it i'm here like let's just like make the best of this or whatever and get through it so he had nothing but praise for will smith i i, I came off negative can i give my positive for this movie yeah Will Smith looks great in a duster. 
Shoo. Right? Back to different. Looks great in a duster. Also, uh, my boy Shia's in it. More yeah. Shia. More Shia. Uh, more of that Shia. Hell yeah. Even Steven Shia? But Please. It was jarring to see him because I did not know he was in this. And he's just so problem- problematic. Shia now. is? Shia is so problematic. Why? What's he doing? Um, Like, allegedly, like, beating women and abusing them oh, and killing dogs. And he's and it's just so it's such a fall from grace and it's so disappointing. But to see him so like baby faced and have no real fucking point to be in this movie. It was just like, oh, what I, could have been? What I, could have been? I forgot about that. Like, I definitely seen this movie a couple of times. And when I saw Shia, I was like, oh, shit, I guess I do in the deep recesses of my mind. Mm-hmm. Remember him being in this. And I was like, is he does he pop up in any significant way? And he really doesn't. No. He's just kind of in a couple scenes. I guess at the time it wouldn't have been overly exciting to see him in a movie as we're now you're just like, oh, shit. So I feel like it would have um, not popped as heavily in 2004. Oh Can we talk about how this movie is just a. Uh, a fucking vehicle to sell Converse and um, Audis or whatever the brand, the car brand is like the, the, the product placement in this is rough. FedEx. Is FedEx. Um, the Converse come up so much and it, it was a like, subplot. So it was a yeah. subplot. Oh my God. They better have paid really good money for that. And then the other one was the, the car, you know, it had the Audis brand right there though what, what was his that. radio was um, it samsung either or... way there's, there's a lot of just rough product placement in this but i feel like it works in a movie like this where you're talking about how like corporations are slowly like taking over your day-to-day life and i think it's like a great shoehorn to be like no we could do a lot of product placement because we're talking about capitalism but like i mean i literally you think know, it's a little shitty there was an oval teen product placement in this <laughs> oval teen was mentioned it's like that's just too specific like and grandma's pie that was a product <laughs> but speaking of the converse they're literally brought up where like in the beginning of the movie is it a fresh pair or does yeah. it is like Converse in a box all the time? I couldn't tell, but he pulls out some classic Chuck Taylors right out of in the bucket, middle of the screen, right in the middle of the screen, puts them on, maybe mumbles something, how they're the best shoe ever. Yeah. Later in the movie, someone points out, I like your shoes. And it's like, they're the best shoes ever. And it's like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Halfway through that movie, he should have been complaining about how there's no arch support. Yeah, he had to run. How am I running in this shit? (laughs) He like surfed on a door into a pool at one point. Okay, that was fucking wild. I mean, if we're going to talk clothing also, kill whoever put him in that hat. Take him up back and just kill them. (laughs) Or her. Or her. Them. Kill her. Kill the costume department because that hat was such a choice. And it was so the wrong choice. I didn't need his fucking ears sticking out. There was no rhyme or reason. Like, it's not like it was like, oh, it's cold out. I need a hat. But it was so, so distracting. At least put a Carhartt logo on there and make some fucking money, you cuss. Oh, right. I can't leave. Can't leave home without my Carhartt hat. 
I, I think say with- something bold like Will looked buff as shit in this movie. He looked bigger than in Ali. Yes, <laughs> he, he really shit. did. But I think he looked his worst in this movie. I well, feel like his costume didn't look good on him. Um, it looked very like something I could put together. Like, hey, uh, we need like a sci-fi kind of look. And that's just like the horse shit I'd find at the thrift store and throw on somebody like the doing the hat, just like a little off his ear sticking out, which is like too on point. And he looked, I'm sure some of it's the character, but he just looked tired in this movie. Uh, he like, to me, every time I saw him on screen, he just looked like tired and lethargic. And like, maybe we want to attribute that to like character building. But I just like thought he just did not look good in this movie. I, I, I'll, Eric, I'm going to let you talk. Just want to make one thing about because I know Eric wants to say something, but I just want to say something about the style. What I like, he looks stupid as hell, but I'll give it to this movie as a positive. It reminded me of like Children of Men, which is you know 20 years, 30 years in the future, just like this movie is. You know, at the time it gets 40 years, 30 years in the future. Um, I'll give you that that it looks stupid, but they did the thing where it's like the fashion isn't drastic like nobody's in like silver jumpsuits but but it's not drastically off but it's like the fashion is like oh i guess in the future we would kind of dress similar but to us dumber looking Mm. you know what i mean it's like the fashion was still it was different but it wasn't like stupid futuristic where everybody's got like a clear like visor glass thing that gives them the temperature and Mm. google glasses or some shit all right go ahead eric well, so this leads into a bigger point, but I think this movie has a lot in common with like Pixar and animated movies. This might even been better as like an adult animated, like fully CGI film. But when you do like anything in animation, the Simpsons or Pixar movie or Disney movie, whatever, those are the only three things of animation, Simpsons, Disney, and Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's so there, specific. There is a thought about like how clean the action is, but also how clean like the characters like and how easily identifiable they are when like uh, around other characters. And I feel like this movie takes a lot of those tropes or, or skill sets from animation. And it's just like, I think the hat is one, it's a riff on the whole noir detective philip marlowe like they would wear like the fucking fedoras but in this case it's the future so he's gonna wear like a beanie or whatever but that makes him stick out he's the detective he's the one who's out there and when he's standing next to other cops he stands out because he's got the hat he's not it and and it's not to be like oh there's will smith because he's not it's hard to identify him it's to suggest that like he's like not one of them he's different he's the he's the loner he's the outsider so i think that's what the hats conveying and then yeah the fashion thing it's like a part of me was just like ah this fashion's kind of like very sleek generic and kind of lame because nothing's popping one it helps the product placement pop if you know what i mean so mm-hmm. that's good but uh two i think it's that animation thing where it's just like just make them as clean and sparse as possible because we're more same with the robots and everything else like we're more interested in just like the 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 how you identify these characters opposite each other and that might not work for some people people are like that's kind of like lazy but again alex proya is the guy who came from dark city which is very grungy and everyone looks like they got like soot and dust on all their clothes and there's so much atmosphere it's cool that he like jump ship and was just like well let me not repeat like the blade runner look let me do something that's maybe like the kind of utopian look 
it actually adds a sinister element to the whole film film piece. You like are so paranoid of everyone. Like the robots are too friendly. Like you're just suspicious of fucking everyone because everyone looks like kind of like a clean, upright citizen. So you're like, you're a fucking liar. You're behind the murder. You're doing this. That robot's bad. And you just like kind of you judge everyone. that was feeling. I did not look at anyone like they were sketchy except for him. Speaking of, I hated this movie so much that I did some research because I was like, what the fuck am I going to talk about in this movie other than I hate it? So I did research on the CGI because I thought it was so lame. And they said about the suspicious thing that how you said everybody looks so perfect and innocent. They said that the faces of the robots, they based off of um, like Renaissance paintings of angels. Mm, so they had angel, angel faces. And that was so, yeah, Eric's dad on. That was kind of like purposeful to make them look extremely innocent and baby-like and, and you know, angel-like or whatever. But um, Sonny, who's the main robot, is played by, I'm going to say. Tudic. Tudic. Oh, it's, oh, Tudic. yeah. Is it, wait, what's his first name? Alan. Alan. Alan, Alan Tudix. Who's the guy? He's, <laughs> he's the redhead in um, A Knight's Tale. Yeah, that's kind of like disgruntled, angry guy. He's also in Dodgeball as the pirate. The guy pretend that oh, yeah. pretends oh, yeah. he's the pirate. He reminds me a lot of who's the guy that plays Mo in The Simpsons. Oh yeah, I know who you're. Talking um, about. fuck. I, wish. I love The Simpsons. Why am I blanking on this? And he plays Apu. Problematic. I'm gonna look it up. So because we, I have to. Um, he's also in Godzilla. Harry, Harry, Harry. It's Harry, Harry right? Sure. No, that's no. Uh, Burns. <laughs> it's uh, uh. Look it up. Look it up. Here we Harry go. Here we go. Temple. Mo. Hey, Kazaria. Hey, Kazaria. Hey, Kazaria. Andy or Alan, 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 Alan two dicks reminds me of Hank as Az- area where is he like he's an actor. Yeah. And I've seen him in movies and he's like a character actor a lot of the times, but he also does like a bunch of side shit, whether it's voicing stuff. And it's like he's almost and, and in this case, he's doing um, who's the dude that did like Gollum and it was famous for that. Andy Circus. He's kind of like famous for that stuff, too, where he does a bunch of this like body movement shit. He's and- very good as a uh, robot. But so I was reading about how he was basically the stand in for for Sonny, for the, the main robot and how they went about it was they didn't do motion capture, which is where they play like the ping pong balls and whatever, and kind of base the graphics off of that. But they also didn't do it where not freehand, but like basically where the animators created all the movement. They did a weird combination of forgetting to do the motion capture and then going uh, but Andy or Alan's so good. We're just going to copy his motions, but they didn't have the ping pong balls mm. to do it properly. So they said that they wished that they had done it that way, but because he was so good and as a stand in as, and as doing the mm. motion and everything, but they did it, but they sort of did like a half-assed way of doing it. And basically how they would do it is they would, you know, there was a scene that had CGI with, with Sonny in it. Basically they would shoot, the any movement with the camera in the scene with nobody in there first right so if the camera's panning right and panning left they would do all that motion and everything with nobody in the room just as basically like your your key like this is how we this is the scene this is the scenery then they would do it with uh mr two dicks 
and he would do all of his part and then they would do it with Will Smith and him together and then they would do it with just Will Smith and the idea was Will Smith would be able to do it just himself and then they would easily be able to put Sonny the robot into the scene but they found that when Will Smith was with Alan Tudyk right those were the better scenes which makes those sense. were the better act. They was like the better acting. And I feel like it's just like, Duh. I feel like that said so much about like what CGI is like, where like having humans in there, there's like something that like hits you on a subconscious level to either be a better actor or just the scene makes more sense. Cause Will Smith was talking to an actual there's human someone to like react rather of. than talking to nothingness. And it's like, it's kind of like, like with CGI is great and everything, but people still want humans in it. There's, you know what I mean? Either on a subconscious level or just like the acting is elevated in some way. Mm-hmm. And so they, they said that the scenes with Will Smith and, and Alan Tudyk together were the better scenes. And it made it that much harder because they had to erase him out of there mm-hmm. and then draw Sonny in or put Sonny in. And it was just like, it caused more time and more effort because those were the actual good scenes rather than when Will Smith was doing it alone. And those would have been the easy scenes to put the CGI in. You, you bring up an interesting point too, because I know you, you're, you're hating on the graphics, but we got to rewind a little bit. This is 2004, right? 92 is Terminator 2, T2, where CGI is kind of getting a bump. We got 93 at Jurassic Park and then, you know, the Matrix later on in the, in the decade. But in early 2000, I think it was 2002 when Gollum shows up in Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, right? And that's like the first real breakthrough and like, holy shit, motion capture, lifelike creature mm-hmm. on screen, Andy Circus and all that shit. So two years later in 2004, and you're doing this, I still, I think this is also, oh yeah, Jar Jar Binks was completely fucking CGI too and Phantom Menace. Anyways. 2004 is still like an early, like, we're still trying to figure this all out. And you're right. I, I When I watched the interview with the director, he said with Alan, like, they would have to go frame by frame through his performance because he just wanted to capture him. So I'm sure it was a fucking headache. But they, like the animators had to be like, oh, look how his brow went up a little bit on this frame. So that's what we're going to do here. And then, all right, click to the next frame, next frame, next frame. He also does the voice. Also, he does the robot in Rogue One. What's the robot's fucking name? Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah. The, the big guy? The big robot that uh, spoilers sacrifices himself in Rogue One. <gasps> big Alan, spoiler, everybody does. <laughs> yeah. Alan, <laughs> Alan Tudyk plays the robot. So he's maybe geared. He also plays the chicken in a fucking Moana. Isn't there a chicken in Moana? Yeah. Hey, hey. He plays the chicken. How does he play it? He's, he's like, hey, Kazaria. He's he's everything. He weird. just makes bird he, noises. He plays a table in Twilight. <laughs> he plays the table. <laughs> he's amazing. He's a good robot. I know. I feel like Sonny was like a good robot. Honestly, like I'm I'm surprised we're talking about the graphics this much. <sighs> um <laughs> it just like was not like a thing that even like really ticked up on my mind while we were watching it. Like it didn't tick up that they were really good. It didn't tick up that they were really bad. Like it just like was what it was to me. It was just like, I don't know, like any other movie graphics. Like I can't believe that it's like this big of a conversation. I thought the robots looked cool. I liked their faces. 
Um, I thought they looked stupid when they're like super bouncing around. But I think that in most movies with CGI, like when you get them moving around too much, it looks stupid. Um, I had like a lot more issues with just like the lack of depth in the plot. Like, I feel like this could have been like a next level, but they just like left so many things fluff. I- I, I I think that's why I'm hard on this movie um, is because I love robot movies mm. and I'm like AI and stuff and all that crap. Like, I love mm. those kind of movies and I love those kind of shows that have to do with like technology, you know, Black Mirror shit. Like, I, lo- I love all that stuff. And this one. Yeah, it was just kind of like fluffy. And it like a lot of it was. <laughs> I don't know if 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 a bunch of the story was was about how Will Smith is prejudiced towards robots. It's like, I don't know, is the message then just like, look, black people can be prejudiced, too. I don't know. Like, that's kind of it would have read weird. differently if it was played by a white guy. Yeah, yes. I know, like his grandma whatever mentions like you out of everybody should not be prejudiced towards robots right she yeah. said something she's like you ought to know because you know they're black people and have dealt with that i don't know i don't know if that's like a great like message where white people could be like see will smith is prejudiced too you know i mean i feel like i just didn't take it that way because the lead was a black man um i maybe took it more in the way of like like old school like people who like are against technology and don't want to progress forward even though they're benefiting actively from technology. Like, I mean, not to get like super political, but like a lot of conservative people are very against huge, large things that they themselves end up benefiting from like tax breaks and public schools and public health and things like that. But they're like, but we hate that shit. But then like, you know, they're the first to, run to a doctor if they need help. They're the first to use public resources. You know, there was a shitty movie that did it better. The contrast between somebody going like somebody that's like a pessimist about it and being like, mm, we're depending too much on technology and robots. And then everybody else being like, oh, shut the fuck up. Grandma's got one. And it's cooking pies with her. You know, um, it was that shitty Bruce Willis one where like they have surrogates, surrogate robots where they go. Oh, it's called it was called surrogates, surrogates where like the wife, right? Like like Bruce Willis is going out without his surrogate, like as a human, because yeah. he's like denying, like, I don't want to be a robot. Like, I don't want to have a robot surrogate out in the world. And then like everybody else is like super into like 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 um like into it where like their their brains are sick type of thing, like their bodies are deteriorating, but they look so beautiful as their robot surrogate, which is perfectly primed and primped and proper and everything looks great. But Bruce Willis is kind of like being like, fuck that. I feel like that movie's a shitty movie. Did that concept better than this movie? Like nobody, nobody else. Like there was nobody in there that was like too dependent on the robots. Yeah, I but I think compared to Will Smith, I think here's my thing. I also enjoy AI movies, mostly because I am very scared of AI. Like, I think these movies are all great because I think they are lessons that we need to actively constantly remind ourselves. Like, I don't have like um, Google. I don't use Siri. Like, I'm afraid because it's like 
I don't know. What if I ask my Google home to do something and eventually this bitch comes to life and she wants to kill me? Like, I don't need her recording my fucking conversations without my knowledge. Like, I just I get fucking nervous and I want every AI and robot out there to know that, like, I am on your side. I think you're superior. If I've ever been rude, it's just like the fault of my species. Mm. Let's coexist. Like I genuinely have like, I'm afraid of it. I think this movie does it well where people aren't like stupid, where it's just like, this is just basically like a Google home or Alexa in a bigger model where the grandma's like, I fucking won one chill out. It just helps me cook like you're being a bitch and everyone's using it basically like a niftier cell phone or like a cooler Alexa, like if Alexa could actually show you how to make the bread in your house instead of just telling you the recipe. So I feel like this movie does it good where it doesn't go off the deep end and go, people are so addicted it's more this i feel like this is more true to how it would really be and how they'd really slowly like infiltrate where it'd be like the newer models and the newer models and that you just be using them in such like a casual manner and not in like an obsessive culty weird her kind of way you know what so i i agree with that a hundred percent that it's about tech it's uh, or it's about like new tech. And and I think it deals with the prejudice like angle too. I was getting that. And I thought it was all delivered very cleanly. And like, I understood it, which maybe that's like to its detriment. Like mm. you want a little, you don't want it to be a little nuance, a little nuance, but I know I'm going to sound fucking stupid. It's just like, I understood everything. There was no uh, lack of clarity mm-hmm. where I'm like, I am confused to what they're trying to convey. I'm like, oh, I get exactly the metaphors and the things they're trying to convey. So like, at least the movie has that. Here's what I'm going to say. This is like such a nerd fucking maybe cop out. But is this an AI movie or is this more of a detective movie? Because when watching it, I don't think I was disappointed by the lack of like depth because I wasn't watching it going like, oh, this is going to like, enlightened me to robots and AI. Instead, I was like, who the fuck murdered that dude? What are the clues we need to get? Who's the dame? Who's the guy over here? What's I feel like this, it's this, this? so and then- clear from the get-go who killed that guy, well, Eric. I get- like, that's a bad <laughs> detective movie within the first fucking five minutes. You're like, oh, this is who did it, and this is probably fucking why. Um, yeah, yeah but no, I, 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 but- I think it's cool to have it. I think I think it is a detective movie and it's cool to have a detective movie where the thing that killed the person is like the whole movie you're going literally cannot be the thing that killed this person. Right. Because right, technically, because right. of the laws of robotics, right. this robot should not have been able to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's cool. So what I'm going to say again, maybe it's like cop out, but is it a detective movie with sci-fi flavoring, not some fucking like deep dive into like AI intelligence and we're going to get to the bottom of it. This is where, uh, yeah, I think, I think it it veered more that way. And I think the interesting thing would have been if it went towards the AI thing. And the most interesting thing to me is something that they touch on, but I feel like they copped out a little bit. Well, there, there was like, so there's two things that trigger Will Smith's character, um, Detective Fuddrucker, whatever his name is. Spooner. 
Lunar Spoon? Oh, Spoon. Or... Not Fuddrucker or Lunar. But, <laughs> um, so uh, Will Smith's character, there's two things that are triggering him. The first thing is that he's been divorced. Like that is brought up so much and it's like, what the fuck? Why are you? I'm with you. Can I go on a side tangent on that? Because I was going to bring that up. Where, like, even if this is a detective movie, the whole fucking point is that you, like, find out what's, like, wrong with the detective. You get into their backstory. And they, like, brought up that he was divorced and, like, doesn't talk to her anymore so much. And then they're just, like, that's what I meant when I said earlier in the podcast. Like, it just, like, left it at fluff stuff where it's, like, that's a character detail. And they never fucking dive into it. Well, this is what I think. I'm just guessing here. This is what I think it was. So there was the idea that they kept on bringing it up that he's divorced. Okay, he's divorced. And I thought they were going almost minority report way because then they kept on showing flashbacks of him underwater in a car Mm -hmm. and a robot saves him, breaks the window and saves him. And the whole thing that he's upset at that robot that saved him because Next to it was another car with a girl, like a young girl, like a 10 year old, a 12 year old right in there. And the robot doesn't save her. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, that's his daughter. And they're divorced because they couldn't handle losing their daughter. And he got saved. And it seems like somebody went, that's a little dark. How about it's not his daughter? But we're going to keep the divorce shit in there. Mm-hmm. And that's why he doesn't like robots, because he thought that the robot made the wrong decision to save him and to not save the girl, which I actually think is an awesome thing to explore with AI and with robots, because mm-hmm. we have to deal with it now with these stupid fucking Elon Musk cars that are self-driving because they have to decide these cars have to decide, say somebody starts crossing the road. Does that car now veer and flip and kill the driver to save the person crossing the road? Or does that car run through the fucking human illegally crossing the road? And so now you got these robots making the decision of who lives and who dies. That's a super interesting thing to get into. And they touch on it a little bit, but it's like this would have been a deeper, better movie if it's like really touched on that shit. That's really interesting. I feel like um, to me, that was like the most interesting part about the AI where it's just like, Sometimes you can be too fucking logical where the thing about nature and about humans is that sometimes you don't always go with the logical choice, but you go with like the moral choice or you go with the choice that feels right. Or if you have like a, you know, like a system of honor to yourself and like, so everyone can have all these different kinds of choices and they might not logically make sense, but like somehow in the great, picture of everything they are the better choice and yeah. so like for will smith it was like that girl had an 11 percent chance of survival i had a 40 percent chance which like really in the scheme of things those are both fucking failing chances but the robot saved him instead which is like no you should really save the girl first maybe that's not logical but just like morally it's logical so i think that's like such a fantastic avenue to go down about how um that's like a huge fault in AI that we want something that is like can compute things and being like, this is the most logical thing ever. But really at the end of the day, you do want something that's going to make the emotional choice. That's gonna, you know, hope for that one in a million shot, you know, try yeah. and get that grand slammer. Time. And I think I'm with you. That was like definitely the most interesting part. And they pulled back on it. They did. Like- they pulled back on it. And I think it could have been, a bigger 
portion of the movie. And I definitely think that they could have connected it back nicely if they'd given his character like a little more depth. Like, don't just tell me about his divorce. Like, be kind of like Minority Report, where like it's like integral to oh his my character. God. Minority Report was dark as fuck. <laughs> that was like bleak. Yo, Spielberg, shout out. Um, <laughs> But uh, yes, I agree with both of you. That was the most interesting thing. They could have explored that more. They could have paid it off at the end too, where like Sonny makes a choice, maybe not out of like- He does at the end. Was he do? Okay, it? so at the end, they are at Vicky and they have to like insert like- The micro robot. The to micro kill her. bullshit to turn her off. Right. And <clears throat> at one point, like uh, Sonny's got it. And he's going to dive down and shoot it right into Vicky. But then oh, all of right. a sudden the chick yeah. starts falling. Will Smith's chick, who we haven't talked about, Tom Brady's ex. She starts falling. And he yells to Sonny. He was just like, save the girl. Save the girl. Mm, right. And it's a callback to the beginning when that's what he was saying, like to the other robot. The other robot didn't listen, which is also still confusing well no i guess that's not confusing um so he doesn't save the girl but sunny instead does dive and leap to save the girl and then uh will does like an insane dive and gets the thing and sticks it in vicky and somehow like isn't killed from all of that Oh, because he has the robot arm Oh, yeah, because he has the robot arm. So then it's also helpful where it's like a full circle moment where it's just like, oh, he hates this part of himself. But because he had the robot arm, he's still able to like save the day. So the end of the moral of the story is like you can't be too much of one or the other. Like we're at our best when we like mix like the logic and the illogical and the machine and the man. Which I'm all about that. I love yeah. that. And it made me feel good about being human. <laughs> okay. Um, that was a weird statement. Um, you okay, Eric? There's one. Um, Are you sure that was a fucking cough drop? There's one. All the jokes are really bad in this. Yeah. Um, th- there's one that I just 100% did not understand. Was um, it an ex-wife joke? Yeah. Something. About, yeah. Like, sort of. There's like a who somebody's cat oh he says i'm 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 black black. you're you're a cat i'm black i'm not gonna be hurt again what what do black people not like cats what is he talking about he goes the cat comes up he's like you're you're a cat i'm black i'm not gonna get hurt again like just basically being continuing a relationship relationship. between the two aren't gonna work and it's like were you are you are you fucking a cat? Like, what are you talking Dude, about? That's exactly how I interpret it. No joke. I'm just like, I think this means he was in a relationship with a cat at one point. Well, it's the future. You don't know. For <laughs> a lot of oddball <laughs> moments like that. And Sexual I, ones. I did hear that the director really hated all the comedy in this movie and didn't want any of it. He wanted no jokes. And even Will Smith was like, I don't want jokes in this movie. And it was the studio that was really pushing for that shit and um it's like why he came to blows a lot because like they weren't letting him make the movie he wanted um like there was like that weird shit where he would put like a fuck ton of sugar in his coffee oh yeah and then drink it and then they never once paid off why they were doing close-up shots of him just 
unloading sugar into his coffee. And they did it like twice in the movie. And she's I have like, a theory. Okay, <laughs> let's hear it. A weird theory. But the movie debunks my theory. So oh. nice. those are the best kind. <laughs> <laughs> so I had the same thought. I'm like, what is this fucking weird character detail that they're doing? What's with the sugar? Is it like lame humor? Is it this? Here's my thought. And this reeks of maybe studio medley. You have a character like Will Smith, who's the detective, the noir detective in this. And in all the noir detective stories and movies and stuff, they're usually hard edged, right? They have the ex-wife, something bad happened in their past. Something went down in Chinatown, in Chinatown. I can never go back there. There's always that hard edge to them. Maybe they're a little sleazy. Also, Will Smith's character is the one who's like hates fucking robots and the movies presenting the robots as being like, no, they help. This lady had asthma attack. Here's her inhaler. This over here. Oh, he's, this robot's helping the grandmother cook. Like the robots are all good. So now you have a character who's hating on the robots that are doing nothing but good things and look like angels. He's bitter. He's all of this. I, I can see the studio note. He's unlikable. So I literally was just like, oh, the sugar is to like give him this quality of like, oh, he's kind of sweet too. Ew, <laughs> I hope not. Like, why, why you debunked though? But then I got debunked because that moment often where you like someone's drinking sugar and like you kind of go like you're like, oh, it's childlike. It's naive. It's it makes him not as hard edge. He's not just like smoking cigarettes or whatever, like. It makes him Kyle childlike, which makes us like him. That thing that you do in screenplays is often called the save the cat moment. And, and in some aspects, maybe I'm a little wrong about it, but the save the cat thing is like where your hero does something, helps old lady walk across the street, literally saves a cat from a tree. And now which they're like, but then later the movie fucking saves the cat. So I'm just like, oh, so maybe it's not the save the cat. I think moment. it was That's just like, honestly, cool. like a weird, stupid, like quirk. They decide to leave in. I am. I think my problem too with the robots. So the robots aren't. uh, They're not like. All right. So these robots are supposed to take over the world, right? uh, Essentially, they they release all these new robots. They're going. They're going to kill the old models, and these new robots are like going to take over the world, right? To save humanity from themselves. That's what Vicky wants. Mm But like Will Smith, who's just a detective, he's just like a dude. He's not like some fucking cert- He's not even like in Blade Runner. He's not like even a certified robot killer. He's just they took uh, his badge at one point. Yeah, he's just. Oh, yeah. Boston Public did. Yeah, he's so. OK, can I, real quick with Boston Public, the, the big like the big black guy from the, the principal yeah. from Boston Public. When the robots start taking over the the precinct, and he fucking takes out the shock. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just want a movie about him. That was badass as shit. Anyways, but uh, he's like the big bad boss of the (laughs) the precinct. (laughs) Um. So my problem with the robots, though, Will Smith, not a robot killer, is just essentially a normal guy that's a cop. Um. He like. I don't know when he in the in that tunnel when like 50 60 of them attack him he kills so many of them good driving he he in that awesome Audi like you're, su- you're supposed to tell me that these robots are going to take over us one man took out a fucking legion my friends like okay, these are the e- these are robots that could easily be killed okay here's the thing one I think 
I think they did the smart thing where they made them a little bit more beatable because they didn't give them like laser eyes or some like horse shit like that too. If you're trying to sell a car, you don't want to see someone get the living shit beat out of them in that car. Three, you have to remember he's not a normal human. He's got a robot. He does have like a weird link to them because he was worked on by the same man who worked on those robots. Dr. Lang Langing. He's part robot. And like, we know it's like his arm and his shoulder, but like, I don't know. You don't know like what that does. Like it, it, it can change his hardwiring inside where maybe he does have like some weird link to them, even if it's not like, you know, a literal link. So it's like, you know, he, he is able to overcome them. And also I think it's one of those things where I hope if robots took over, we'd be able to take out a couple. Well, it's all right. It does again to go like another movie did it better. I was watching the behind the scenes on this movie back in the day, or maybe some director producer commentary on it. And they said that the re the only reason they made Vicky is Vicky, the mainframe robot that mm-hmm. does this a woman is so you wouldn't suspect that she's the bad guy. Cause women are softer and gentler and they can't be the bad guy. Right. You're, they did less that in resident evil. Yeah. And in, in matrix, they did it where, the Sentinels make a baby face when they're talking to Keanu. Either way. So they're like, we made it a woman. Um, I'm going to say this. uh, Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Well, I was going to say another another robot movie that did it better and had that was Ex Machina where the robots, you know, a woman, a woman robot, I guess. Spoiler. (laughs) And (laughs) it's a woman robot. And and like she ends up being in, in, I guess in quotation mark, the bad guy. And that movie does it better than this movie where it's just like Vicky, we gave her a lady voice, so you wouldn't think it's the bad guy. Um, I'm gonna say this. I think you're also looking at it from 2020 perspective, because ex machina comes out a whole decade later than this movie what you guys kind of like half scoffed at me earlier was that this movie was like 10 years too late, 10 years too early is that I think a lot of the tropes you see in iRobot where it's like the ladies, the bad guy is shit that movies now are doing a lot more like the ex machina, her where you're getting that female entity is more of like the evil doer. I feel like in 2004, it wasn't happening as much because the ones before it, like Terminator, Robocop, Space Odyssey, those were males. So I think that you're seeing it in 2020 eyes. I think at the time it was more original for it to choose the Vicky. And I think it's a movie that even if you don't like it a ton and it and like people at the time, like it did really well at the box office, but people who are like into like robots or who are into like that guy who came up with the robot laws we're like pretty pissy with this movie and touchy because they're bitches. But now that we're, you know, almost 20 years out from it, people are going back to it and being like, you know what? It did a really good job of describing the laws of robots. And people are going back and being like, you know, it really is much better than we're getting credit for. And I think a lot of people, um, were influenced by this more than either they realize or that we're talking about. Cause I think you do see a lot of tropes now in AI that were sitting right there in iRobot and maybe iRobot 
didn't go into like as deeper detail, but I think it does like a really good job of giving you a simple, easy to follow uh, AI story of like what happens if the laws are broken, what the laws are. And I think it gives a good um, jumping off platform for people that want to dive deeper into any of the specific themes. I would agree with that. I mean, while watching it, it's so funny that it is ahead of its time. Everything in it, I kept thinking of our modern day equivalences where I'm just like, oh, the Audi's like the self-driving Tesla. Oh, yeah. The robot helping in the kitchens like the Amazon Alexa or whatever the fuck they are. I don't even know their fucking names. I don't know what's going on. Um, But yeah, as I was watching, I'm like, oh, these are the things we often talk about now and the fears we often have now. So I'm like, the movie's doing something. If it's actually like, just imagine if this was like so off and it's like, oh, that's nothing like what 2022 is going to be like. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't. And it's everything is very clearly played out. Again, I know, Lily, you're going to kill me because I'm going to go back to the CGI. I thought we were out of that. (laughs) But if you do watch it carefully, it's so impressive that the Sonny character, you know his emotions, you know what's going on. And it's just like, there's not much facial detail. It's just kind of this like blank white, like what's really cool. If you guys had a 4K TV, you could see all like the small little (laughs) details coming up. You can see all like the small little highlights and details and things just underneath the surface, which I thought it was cool that the robots like look really clean cut, but underneath are these very complicated wires. Also, fuck, I got to jump to this point. They kept showing Will Smith a lot fucking in the shower, in his underwear, very scantily clad. They were ogling his body. And so part of me is just like, yeah, he's a hot dude. Let's fucking ogle his body a little bit. Isolate that. (laughs) (laughs) please do it i want to hear just that's crazy dalton castle isolate that (laughs) yeah exactly he's the one oh my god but also i thought the movie had so much to do with autonomy and like like uh the body because of like how the robots moved and how they like their bodies were kind of ogled too so Yes, I think it was kind of like movie just being sexy for sexy sake. But also, I think it narratively was like showing his body a lot because then later the reveal that he has robot under him. And then also that we shouldn't judge the robots because that one has premonition abilities and can see into the future. He's pretty cool. I think it was Blade Runner. That a robot can see into the future? Yeah. Um, The dreams, the premonitions. Uh, All right. I don't know. Uh, Either way, uh, speaking of sexiness, if this was real, we'd 100% be having sex with these robots, right? No. Would that be legal? Um, I mean, that that is a Or do you have to ask? I mean, Ex Machina kind of gets into that. That's like a whole discussion about like, uh, you know, yeah, like do these things like I think the end of the movie brings up like a really good point about what makes consciousness what's the difference between a personality simulator and just having a fucking personality and I think that's like the problem with AI is just like so say you buy like a fucking AI sex doll at what point mm. is it like I like at what point is this like something that you should be asking if it wants to fuck you or not well can it um 
can it can it make a beautiful symphony or can it draw a beautiful painting? Can you? <laughs> the, honestly, oh, yeah. I was like, but for he that. birds, Will Smith. What bitch? Can you? I was like, so that was I was awesome. like, get up, Sonny. <laughs> and he's just kind of like, fuck. Fuck, I can't. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I have no words. But then also, Sonny's like pretty good at drawing. He draws that bridge, right? So, yes, I mean, bitch. Literally. I can. Yeah, you definitely fucking can. Yeah. I, I really like that part too. Also, speaking of AI, artificial intelligence, Steven Spielberg's masterpiece, 2001, I believe it came out. There's Jude Law's character, who's Gigolo Joe, and he's the Gigolo that goes and sleeps with women, but he's a robot. But he's like, humans are hiring him to fuck them. Yeah, I mean, I definitely just feel like <laughs> I, I just don't want to like mess with anything that has a face, that has a voice. Like, I Lily don't know. tells me not to talk and she makes me bag my face. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be like, I did not murder him. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just hard. Like, I just, it gets too complicated for me about like what has consciousness, what doesn't. I just don't want to be in that moral dilemma. So I feel like I just try to avoid it. Like, listen, people in the world, you don't have to buy like a fucking robotic sex doll that's like talking to you. Just buy a fucking pocket pussy. Like, I don't just know. Just buy the butt. Just buy a vibrator. Like, I just, I don't know why it's like a thing that like worries me so much. Maybe because it's just like it's so close to like being a thing that happens, but just I don't like it just freaks me the <laughs> fuck out. Like I just don't want to like wrong a robot. You know what? Yeah, if you're if you're really just going at it with a pocket <laughs> pussy and then you take it off and it's all goopy from you, and the pocket pussy looks at you and goes. What am I? You, gotta, <laughs> you need to ask that thing. You need to ask that thing first. It's just, <laughs> what am I? <laughs> oh, Lord. It's just too. It's too much. Okay, so I read an article. It was like, like kind of like a Comic-Con, but like for like sex stuff like sex toys yeah so they brought like a very realistic robotic sex doll to it and they said that like within an hour this thing was fucking destroyed like people breaking its fingers people ripping stuff off it they just like and like they weren't even fucking it it was just out and just got absolutely destroyed. And it's like, this is why we can't have things like this. Because humans are disgusting, especially the male sex. And it's just like, the ex machina would happen. Like, if we had sex robots, no one would use them responsibly. They'd just do terrible, horrible things to them. So then they probably would have to develop consciousnesses just to come fucking kill us and stop their torture. Yeah. And that's go full circle. But we did watch this movie first, Eric and I in Spain. That convention was in Spain Damn, where they did that. Fucking Spaniards are mm-hmm. brutal. But yeah, so I feel like definitely just don't fuck a robot. I found some pictures of sex robots that uh, you can buy. You know what I don't like about the sex robots either is, um, 
I don't know if this is real. I'm pretty sure it is because everything on the internet is real. But like you can make like child ones. Oh my God. Yeah. Like no way. Not, that shouldn't be a fucking you know, option. I can't even look that up. No, no. Yeah. You don't want that. Search. Can I buy a child sex robot, please? Yeah. It's like oh that shouldn't God. be a fucking That's option. <laughs> I'm just saying this is why like humans can't be trusted. Like with AI, humans phone. can't be trusted with robots. What some of the sex robots are just mouths. Um, also, like what if you am sleep, I? What if you sleep with a consenting over 20 year old robot? What it's gotta be mean? over 20. That is such a specific age that Eric, I have to ask, have you fucked a 20 year old robot? <laughs> what if you had to wait like 20 years for a robot? Anyways, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be even crazier. It's all rusty and stuff. I feel like um, I'd just be nervous that like a robot can't consent. Well, I was about to say, say it does consent. And then what if like a, a week later, the robot comes back and goes, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Whoa! No, I would just be afraid that robots can't consent because like you purchase them. They're like slaves almost. <laughs> it's like, huh, you took an edible, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think you want to admit this as like a I'm sober thought. Pregnant. What am I? What am I? What is murder? <laughs> See, like Mark, you're oh, trying to like hate on this movie, but look at the wonderful discussion it's opened up. Oh, okay. Also, I can we say a kudos to iRobot for? Being one of the few like robot movies where they did not like sexualize the robot, like nobody had like a big titty robot, nobody mm. was like dating a robot, like there was nothing. Oh, that would have been interesting, <laughs> weird about this at all. And it's just like, thank you for giving me just like a nice, straightforward, unsexy robot. His grandma was definitely sneaking kisses on her. Yeah. <laughs> Let me suck your dick. <laughs> Come here, Gigi. <laughs> oh, like that dick, that robot dick. <laughs> Didn't have one. Hello. Um, I do want to bring up some good scenes in the movie. Just, I'm just gonna name them because I don't. We don't have to get into them, but just like good set pieces and set pieces in films are just like a really good scene that has some like, I don't know, memorable shit happening. So he is fucking high. The crime scene investigation. I thought that was good where they show oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then you're like, talking to the hologram. Talking to the hall. Oh, dude, the hologram shit was fucking awesome. I love that you could talk to it and it didn't have certain responses. You just had to ask the right questions. That was dope. That was also confusing, though, because it'd be like, you know, you have to ask the right questions and be like, why did you commit suicide? And it'd be like, that's the right question. And then it would just go away. It'd be like, wait. I have to ask the right questions, but I'm not going to get answers to well, them. No, but that because that is the answer. I know, but it was obnoxious. I, I enjoyed that part. But I, what I liked about the crime scene investigation was that the robot was in the room where they're like, the killer could be still in the Oh, that was the, spooky. Uh, I liked the interrogation scene where he's like, what's mm. winking? And they're winking at each other. And yeah, I, that was like a great memorable scene. I also well, that was good, too, when they were like, you can't fucking interrogate a robot, you fucking weirdo. Like, there was something kind of funny about that, too, where it's like, I need to go interrogate this robot. And everyone's just like, 
It'd be like me being like, hey, I need to go interrogate this like sex doll. People be like, not normal. No, we got to stay on the sex dolls. Yeah, we got to get off the sex doll. Um, More sex dolls. I I also like the scene where the bulldozer destroys like the mansion. That's where he like surfboards on the. the, Yeah, it's pretty good. But I'm just like, okay, that's like a. That's is like a fun, weird action set piece. Um, also, sidebar. So he goes to the bar one day after work. He's drinking. Then his boss shows up, has a couple beers with him. His tab was $46. How many beers do you think they were having between both oh, of these them? These are future beers. Yeah, this is um, 2035. That's probably like a beer 10 a bucks a yeah. beer. Uh, okay, that makes more sense. Because the whole time, I'm just like, why the fuck is it? He was drinking like Budweiser. Hey, no, excuse me. I noticed this. Those beers were all very clearly turned so you could not see the label. (laughs) This movie is bought. Okay. If you're not paying for it, you're not on there. (laughs) Very, very noticeably recovering that. I wish you're 100% right. And again, I wish I knew more about like the director's intentions, especially Eric, if you're saying that, you know, there was head heads budding when it came to the um, to the studios and whether it should be funny or whatever. There were some attempts at scares in this movie, jump scares. And I think they even did the classic one with like the freaking cat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I think that this movie should have been scarier. There was some of it where it's like, oh, this could be creepy. This could be scary and they pulled away from it or but they or they half had it and it, it just was it was like a 10% effort of scariness. It's like it maybe was go more scary with it. Like darker. It was kind of creepy when they're crawling up the building and like the robots turn from like kind of like up walking like humans to like weird spidery like. Yeah, like maybe go scarier with it with the, the you know, because it's creepy. It's it's creepy that Sonny like was hiding in that room, like the killers that in the was, room. Like that's that a classic. That's a classic uh, horror setup. I just wonder if they really were trying to go more middle ground with this because yeah, PG-13, it's coming up. I mean, obviously they didn't know at the time, but it'd be coming up against Spider-Man too. Um I know like you wanted it to go grittier, but there was something that I just really enjoyed about being able to turn off my brain. Sometimes with like sci-fi movies, like you have to like be paying a lot of attention. Like we watched, um, oh, what was that show? Dark? Oh, Dark, the German one. Dark, mm, the German one. That's so good. Oh my God. Like me and Mark would sit there and like, we were like podcasting, but we basically had to have like notes and like relook up things online because like you had to be so actively involved in it. There was something really enjoyable. This is like almost like a rom-com for me where I could like turn off my brain. I knew in the beginning who the killer was. I already knew who the big bad was going to be. Like I knew everything that was coming. So I could just turn off my brain and just kind of go with it. And I kind of appreciated that, that it was just kind of like easy. It, I think that's fine. Like I'm, I like those movies too, but it didn't seem like it was purposeful to be that it seemed mm-hmm. like it wanted to be something but then they watered it down to make it more of a general audience thing like i'm fine with like you know spider-man movies i like them they got the violence in there they got you know the funny stuff in there but this one just spider-man doesn't read as watered down it reads it's like this is purposeful you know i don't know 
I, I feel you. And maybe that ends up being like the studio meddling. Because here's the thing. I think Alex Proyas would attest to this. I think he understood. He Oh, yeah. In the interview I watched with him, he understood he was making a big budget movie. So he had to appeal to a mass audience. But he felt like his job in these movies was to make sure like certain plot points that you have seen a hundred times. We don't repeat those certain visuals that he can bring certain like interesting things that maybe someone else wouldn't think of to do. He can bring that because he's kind of got an artist touch, but I'm afraid they probably like snuffed out a lot of that. Honestly, it might've been the whole car thing we were talking about. Like, why wasn't it the wife? Why wasn't it this blah, blah, blah. I feel like at every turn they were kind of like monitored, like taking punches. Yeah. Take, holding back the punches and stuff like that with that said i still felt like there were unique and weird details that were slipped in every once in a while i think the first half is actually better than they're like oh dude another memorable scene speaking of like little fun details remember he goes into the sea of robots and they all look the same and he's got to find the right one and the one like pops its head out. Oh, so. yeah. I read like, a little it's memorable. Like that sticks in your memory where it's not just like a bullshit action scene. It's like, oh, there's like interesting framing. It's a cool image. It's haunting. I don't know. They said that I read up on that special effects shot and they said that they thought that that one was going to be easy. It's supposed to be a thousand robots in a room, right? Because it was like, but there's a thousand one, right? Because mm-hmm. there's one mm-hmm. extra yeah, robot yeah. type of thing. They said that in the shots, when they did a thousand robots, it looked tiny. Really? So it's way more than a thousand robots in there to to make that scene, especially in the pulled out parts. And they said that even though those robots, for the most part, are just standing there, what they did is they had like some of it was like they were saying cardboard cutouts that they were putting projections on type of thing in some of the scenes. But they said that that was the hardest visual effects shot. It just took forever. It took forever to do like camera panning and then having all these robots there. That was the hardest CGI shot in the whole thing. I wonder if now with technology, if that'd be like one of the easier shots. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, because I mean, this is 2004. Yeah, they're doing some pretty breakthrough shit that I feel like other films will then like take what they learned on this project and and add it to their movie. Also, I like the scene. So at one point, Will Smith has to go like investigate where the bridge is being built. And it's kind of like this wasteland area where Lake Michigan used to be or some horseshit. And he shows up there and there's all these train carts with like Mm -hmm. the old models, Mm -hmm. which like the new model robots like at night go and rip them apart or something yeah. uh because they aren't programmed like vicky can't get into those ones like they're still peer to the three laws pretty much mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. because they're older miles the new miles can connect to vicky so the new miles go there rip them all up but anyways will smith goes there to investigate and he gets spotted by the bad robots mm-hmm. but then the good robots are like trying to help him and i'm just like that's kind of fun i like, like protect, protect the human, human. protect the human i thought two. that was yeah. such a good dope scene like i really loved that and i would have loved to like have had more of that even like in the city like maybe your grandma didn't replace her robot so her robots just like in the apartment trying to beat the shit out of the new model like I did think that was like such like a cool concept where it wasn't just robots versus humans. It was robot versus robot, robot. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was a great scene. All right. So next Will Smith movie is going to be our very first animated film that we've ever done. It's going to be Shark Tale. Guys excited? 
That'll be like a weird uh, jump to. Yeah, it's her first animated film. I think it's real fucking shitty too. It's DreamWorks, right? Yeah, yeah that's disappointing. Oh boy. You know, I I'm looking forward to Why? it. Why? I don't know. And it was bad then. I'm going to blame a girl for some reason. Um, <laughs> here's my thing. What? I'm kind of excited about it because I feel like I'm getting to a point, and I said it last one with Will Smith, where I'm just kind of like, like you know when you watch someone just hit home run after home run you're just kind of like okay like I get it you know what I mean like again we talked about Will Smith a bunch in this movie but we also didn't because he's just giving a fine performance in a fine movie you know what I mean like uh, Tom Cruise's movie there'd be a fucking stinker in there every couple movies where you're like okay you could like rip it to shreds these are all pretty much like for the general most part, bangers, they just doing a good job. But on his first table read of iRobot, one of the first things Will Smith said was, I always got to save the whole world. And like everybody in the room, they said was like, oh, like it kind of like disappointed them because he was sort of disappointed. There's just another movie where he's got to save the world. And he said that at the screening, after it plays and the lights come up, the first thing his son Jaden said to him was, Dad, you're just always saving the world. You got to stop saving the world. So I feel like I'm getting fatigued of that same Will Smith coming in, saving the day. It seems like Will Smith is also getting fatigued by that storyline. Because like we said at the very beginning of his career, like he's doing Fresh Prince, comedy, comedy. So the first thing he does is like six degrees of separation. And then he purposely tries to choose movies that aren't too similar. But yeah, sure, we have like Ali mixed in here. But for the most part, he's got like a long string of movies now where he is just kind of like the hero. And he's not even just saving like a family. He's literally saving the entire world from aliens, from robots, from fucking golf, all these oh, things. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm I'm with him. I'm a little exacerbated by that. You know, we should do a shark tale. We have three kids. We'll watch it with the kids. Get oh, their reaction to it. Not we don't have to sit. We don't have to record them or anything. But Lily and I will do like yeah. a like we'll ask them questions and see how they react to Shark Tale. That's a good idea. Get like the get kid a kid's perspective. perspective on it. Because I like that. I cartoons like are hard. Where there are cartoons I think are just shit, and the kids love. And sometimes it's the opposite. So I feel like it's a smart idea. Oh, you know what touch I liked in this piece? We we're talking about Will Smith, um, and I just want to like point his performance i agree with either the director or someone here in this podcast brought it up but it seemed like the jokes were just kind of like maybe the studio was forcing like a couple of those jokes because it's not consistent and the director said he didn't want jokes in here but there's a scene after like the car chase which is kind of boring whatever um that the cops show up oh dude one of the robots who was part of that car chase trying to kill will smith like suicides himself and jumps into the fire. Do you remember that? Oh, because it to get rid of all the evidence that the robots were doing that to him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it like jumped into fire and killed itself, which is crazy. But the cops show up and they do the classic scene where it's like, give me your badge. And so he has to hand over his badge because they don't believe him. They just think he's paranoid that the robots are trying to kill him. 
but he like walks past like two other like stupid cops like mm. in, like doofy costumes or whatever I, I can't even tell what they were wearing like paintball masks i don't know anyways he walks by them and instead of doing like that would be a perfect spot for like a will smith like comedy beat or quip but in this he like screams at them he's like i don't know he says i'm like are you looking at me or something crazy like and he just seems really intense and i'm like dang like, do you that, give a I'm- shit what i think like right. do you think i give a shit what you think exactly that's the line and i'm just like this feels like an evolution of someone who doesn't want to say like the quippy shit here and is going to yell the dramatic thing and maybe the dramatic thing was just in the script and that's how it's supposed to be played but i could see the studio being like no he should like make fun of them or something or say something silly here but instead he does his like dramatic thing which he's very honed in on and he's very good at <clears throat> well it's got to be hard when you are able to make a movie like Ali and you get that critical acclaim. And yeah, like obviously you love making the blockbusters, but at some point you got to be like, I want to be more than just funny. I want to be more than like that cocky. Like you want something with like a little more meat to it. Yeah. Enter Shark Tale. Shark Tale. (laughs) Well, I do think this is, I think Shark Tale plays right into this. Comes out same year, 04, which is unusual. He doesn't usually have a couple in a year. I think this is like when we're really getting into like daddy will time. Yeah, we got some we got some interesting Will Smith coming up. We got mm-hmm. Shark Tale. We got Pursuit of Happiness. With his kid in it. We got I Am Legend, which, you know, is more in the vein of Will Smith. Uh, Hancock. Oh, why are you jumping over Hitch? Hitch is before. Oh, I'm Pursuit. sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Hitch. Shark Tale, Hitch, Pursuit of Happiness, then I Am Legend. I think I think there is this thing where his kids are he has three kids his one son is older than the other two but i think he does start try and make some more family friendly choices so that he can bring his kids to and then he does the ultimate crime where he's like trying to put his kids in movies all right so dudes we have to watch suicide squad (laughs) i'm you guys want to talk about outside drama i'm excited for suicide squad because there is a lot of outside drama with that one Oh, yo, 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 yo. And we have to watch uh, Bad Boys for Life. Hell yeah. And After Earth. Uh, All right. right. And Brightly. Are we watching that one? Oh, fuck yeah. Brightly is a bright. Bright. And I'm going to have to re-download my Netflix account to watch that. Why don't you just come on over, baby? Yeah, maybe I'll just siphon it. Close. That's not coming over. <laughs> I'll siphon it. All right. Bye. I, wait, hold on. Before Marcus goodbye, bye. Go watch Dark City. That movie rules. Have you seen it in a minute, Mark? No. It's been a while. I oh. do want to watch the thing now again after listening to that podcast. I feel like Dark City. Was it blank check? No, let me pull it up because it is a really good podcast. I don't even know who the two people are in it. They what their credentials are, but they're. Here, let me put, let me see. Dark City was like a really early movie that Mark and I watched together because he's like, oh, for to watch this movie. Yeah, actually, no, you two will come over here and watch it on my 4K TV. Oh, so it's so for I'm new to this podcast, so I don't know if this is 100% the format. Mm-hmm. It's called The Big Picture. Okay. And I don't know who the guys are. Like, I don't know their credentials, but they're they, for 40 minutes. They talk about they like just like how we do. We watch the movies. They talk about it. And then I believe the second half of the podcast, they interview um, uh, John Carpenter. Oh, hell so they yeah. Talk about the movie. Then they interview John Carpenter, who made the movie or directed the movie. So I, I don't know if that's that like 
they're doing podcasting but better yeah well i don't know if that's how the format of all their podcasts are but because it's my the first time i've ever listened to it we can get watch the thing we can get john carpenter yeah let's watch the thing you get john carpenter for every movie like he whether he's involved in it or not Mm -hmm. well i mean will smith is going to be on this podcast you just have to keep tuning in yeah allegedly he'll be on this podcast (laughs) you you keep tuning in and he will be here because we are also so good check out the big do. picture man great podcast <laughs> oh can i also give a shout out to the interloop podcast because look i'm starved over here for more shane and mark content and for some reason they don't really put out anything on the john <laughs> podcast hey, it's no, been a minute hasn't it we're very busy people uh, you just missed a week i think you missed this week you had one drop not last if week. you're on the patreon oh patreon got a classic episode Oh, maybe (laughs) I did like the clip you guys posted on the gentleman's club Facebook where you guys are trying to talk about like um, a woman who got like a A sex toy into her bladder. She got a vibrator stuck inside of her and it was buzzing in her body. And then the doctor was like, yeah, that's in your bladder. So she shoved it up her piss hole (gasps) into her bladder. How did she not know is uh... it had to be that she She did to that. And she knew that she was shoving a vibrator into her pistol I rather can't than even, her like, vagina hole. I can imagine being into that because, like, it seems like it would hurt. N- aside from even just like hurting, like one, I'd be afraid of getting like a UTI. Two, just like, wouldn't you just have like that overwhelming sensation that you have to pee, or like, would you then be like pissing yourself a lot because that thing's too loosey goosey? Yeah. I don't know. Facebook.com slash the Gentleman's Club. But, no, like for real, you should go watch it. It's like a six-minute video. The and, like, Club I show. do. I do not hang around for that long. If a video is six minutes, I'm out. Yes. Yeah, and I am married to Mark. I see and talk to him every day. I watched all fucking six minutes and like 30 wow, seconds. Look at that. It. Put us back on the radio, baby. Yeah, it was we held, really we held somebody's attention for six minutes. Dude, well, that's like impossible to do. And I even took it off subtitles, which again, oh, I never, ever do. Like if you send me a video and if it's not subtitled, I'm not fucking watching it. <laughs> But for this one, wow! Nice. I clicked off. Well, I was going to shout out that if you're starved for Mark and Shane content, Mark apparently is on this interlude blog podcast, and it's kind of the Gentleman's Club, just on a different thing. How so. I'll put it is basically the Gentleman's Club. So when we had a radio show, there was two things that happened with Shane and I. Okay. There's two things that we basically did. First is make one of the love. news of the day, right? Yeah. And then the second thing is tell personal stories about our lives. Yeah. The Gentleman's Club podcast is us telling personal stories in our lives. And the Interloop blog podcast is us making fun of the news of the day in Rochester. Oh, that's a good oh, way to kind put of it. Split. It's just we have split into two podcasts and they're both free. Sign up. I did. But if you're on the Patreon, you get those classic <laughs> content. All right. Uh, we got to go. We, <laughs> nobody's <laughs> listening at this point. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.